Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Multi-Site Masters podcast. This is the podcast series that explores the art of leading and growing multi-site businesses, especially in the hospitality and retail sectors. So my name is Lee Sheldon and I'll be your host for today's episode. I'm also co-founder of the MMU Training and Development Consultancy, in which we're dedicated to helping managers achieve consistent operational excellence, leading to sustained superior performance. So hello and welcome to, yes, another episode of the Multi-Site Master podcast. Now, our topic today came about almost by accident when I was meeting the subject matter expert that we're going to be introduced to in a moment, and we were discussing the topic of digital marketing. And to be perfectly honest, I'll put my hands up and say, I discovered just how much I do not know about this topic. It was a fascinating hour I spent with our expert, Roman, which we'll speak to in a moment. And we thought this would make a really good topic to explore in some depth because for multi-site organizations, communication to your customer, to your guests is absolutely critical. But outside of that, communication to the wider world is obviously done so much through social media these days that we really do need to know about it. So it's, yes, this is going to be a great podcast for people in uh, communications, people in marketing, but I think anyone working in a multi-site business would and should benefit from understanding digital marketing in a more in-depth manner. So I'm pleased to hand over to my colleague and co-founder of MMU, Andy Ball. Hello, Andy. How are you today? I'm very well indeed, Lee. Thank you very much for that. And uh, as you quite rightly say, um, digital marketing since its inception and, and to where we are now has, has evolved rapidly. And I think that the title of the podcast, what most businesses don't understand about digital marketing but should, is actually quite important. And actually, the subtitle about things that you should know but were too afraid to ask is is often the key thing. Um, we are surrounded by it, we use it, we're all on the receiving end of digital marketing in one form or another. We engage with it daily, whether it's to order our favorite takeaway, buy our weekly groceries or even book a holiday. But from a business perspective, if like me, you're not a millennial or a digital native, the world of digital marketing actually feels quite daunting, full of pitfalls for the uninitiated. And then for the existing exponents of digital marketing, there's this constant challenge of targeting customers and reaching them cost effectively. It's about investment. Are we investing enough? Is it going into the right channels and platforms? Should we be investing more? And just how is it impacting our brand over time? So I suppose all the keys to these issues really lie in our understanding of, of the marketing fundamentals of our business and, and just making sure that our digital marketing reflects these accordingly. I mean, I suppose if it's used well, digital marketing has, has absolutely created phenomenally profitable new sales channels for many as well as new um, uh, businesses. So after all, you know, when we see examples like Facebook and Google, which in themselves started out as really simple ideas, really well executed, they started small and they've gone on to be all pervasive. So if we aren't already using digital marketing, we think we need to, or we do it, but we're not sure if it's working as well as it could be, how do we really make sure we know what we're doing? Now, in the words of our special guest, Raman Verma, the founder of Candidly, an online digital marketing agency, it's about having the right strategies and tools that will make your business get found online with the right content 
and in the right context. I mean, to me, that sounds brilliantly simple. So, Raman, thank you very much indeed for joining us and, and being prepared to share your wisdom on this subject. Um, Raman, please just uh, tell us a bit more about yourself and Candidly. Uh, sure. Uh, thanks, Andy, and thanks, Lee, for, uh, for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's, it's great to be talking to you guys. Um, so my journey in digital marketing started about eight years ago, uh, where I cut my teeth, as it were, in a specialist Google search marketing agency. Um, I worked at the ranks and uh, have held several senior digital marketing positions, both agency and client side, um, until I decided the time was right for me to start my own agency on the principle of being candid. Um, and that's the key. Um, just calling it how it is, is uh, it's quite rare in the industry for a fancy agency speak. Um, and that's kind of how Candidly was born. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. So um, in terms of the challenge that businesses um, face with, with digital marketing, um, is it relevant for all organizations, regardless of their size and their business sector? Um, absolutely, yes. Um, so if your customers are on digital, uh, and I bet they are, um, then as a business, you've got to be on digital too. Um, you know, what may look very different um, depending on the size of the organization is the budgets you're able to, to spend on marketing and advertising yourself. Uh, but you know what's great about digital marketing uh, is that strategy, whatever strategy you do choose, uh, if it is going to fail, it is going to fail quickly. Um, and what that effectively means is that you won't lose a lot of money. You can course correct quite quickly. Um, compare that to TV advertising or getting a billboard or, or, uh, or getting an advert in magazines. Um, you know, you, you, you spend that money and then you kind of wait and see what happens and what, what doesn't happen. Whereas digital marketing, it's, it's so fluid, it's very clear, it's very transparent. Uh, you can see how many people are searching, for example, for your products or services, uh, how many people are clicking through, and once they arrive on your website, what they're exactly doing on your website, and whether they're actually you know, taking the floor that you expect them to floor, they're checking out product pages. Um, and then they are going on to checkout and you know, adding products to cart and going to checkout and, and then therefore, you know, getting to the thank you pages. So all of that information is available for you. Um, and like I say, you can course correct quite, quite quickly and quite easily. Um, in my eight years of running campaigns for clients, both um, small and large, I haven't come across one instance where digital just hasn't worked for a client, full stop. You know, um, the challenge often tends to be around getting the numbers to add up or numbers to work. Uh, and what I mean specifically is, you know, ROI, uh, but there are always ways around that. Okay, so it, it sounds to me that, um, you know, when it's done well, um, it, it, it clearly works. And I mean, we've got evidence of that all around us. Um, if you were starting out on the digital journey, um, MMUs often talks about the importance of an organization really understanding you know, their core purpose, you know, what they're about, um, and therefore designing their their whole approach to business around that. I mean, is this a good place to start for designing your digital marketing? Absolutely. So uh, understanding your reason to exist um, as a business often gives you the most compelling value proposition. Um, and it comes right from the gut, you know, it's a do or die statement from a business perspective. Uh, messages that resonate at an emotional level tends to perform best. Um, people either have a need or a want. You know, needs are routine; they're boring. Um, but do they really want? You know, people do. People really want to buy your from your product. Uh, sorry, buy your product, uh, or do business with you. Um, so you've got to ask yourself. You know, is my proposition valuable and desirable? Um, do you want to be the Apple of the world or a more functional Microsoft? I mean, there's nothing wrong with being either. 
Um, and it's all about how you want to position yourself, position you know, in, in the market. Um, so the core purpose allows you to figure out exactly how you will position your business in the market and how you differentiate yourself from your competitors. No, fascinating. I mean, I suppose that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Um, in reality, therefore, when you're trying to embark upon digital marketing, to me, it, it covers a multitude of things. So um, how about, you know, what, what is the kind of the right way to, to get started um, to actually sort of define your marketing strategies? Yeah, sure. So I think when people think about marketing strategies, they, they often jump right to channels. So they'd be like, OK, you know, I want to do Google. I want to be present on Google or I want to be present on Facebook or Instagram or, or what have you. Um, and I think that is uh, jumping the gun a little bit. You've got to take a step back and you've got to go, OK, you know, what type of marketing? If you were to categorize marketing, you know, what, how, how would you do that? And, and the way you do that is, is you think more in terms of inbound marketing and outbound marketing. Um, and these two are very, very different. Um, now, in an ideal world, you want to be doing both. Um, but for most businesses, it's quite difficult to do them both and do them well. Uh, and, and that's the key. You've got to be able to do whatever you're doing. You've got to do that well. Um, so, um, so just before we kind of understand what may be right for a particular business, whether that's inbound or outbound, I think it's interesting to to really unpick what inbound and outbound actually means. Um, now. Inbound is all about getting people to, to find your business uh, by positioning yourself as a thought leader. Um, example of this would be writing a blog, um, you know, creating ebooks, white papers, etc. So you're basically producing content and good quality content that is, uh, and putting it out there generally for free um, or for an email address. Um, and you're getting people to, to come, you know, looking for you for either more information because you've established yourself as a thought leader. Or you know to you know if they're convinced with what you have to say, perhaps even go ahead and buy products and services from you. So it's a much softer approach to to sales and marketing. On the other hand, outbound um, is equivalent to you grabbing a megaphone and telling people all about your products and services in the middle of the town, right? It's 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 disruptive in nature, but you know when done right, people will stand up and take note. Um, so you typically do outbound marketing through getting paid advertising right so it's generally speaking it's a paid for medium and you'll be doing that through either google search advertising or social media advertising whether that's facebook if you're in a b2b business then perhaps linkedin advertising uh, but yeah like i say it's a more kind of people are going about their business you know they are looking at their social media feeds whether that's on linkedin or facebook for example and then you know pop goes the ad and you know you, you're effectively getting um a message that you haven't really asked for, but based on your interest that you have shown, an advertiser has chosen to show you the ad. Um, now, where confusion lies for most businesses uh, when they're thinking about inbound marketing, particularly, is that you know they go, okay, well, you know what, I can write a blog, um, I'm gonna get some free publicity for my products. You know, that sounds great. That sounds like a no-brainer. So I do that. And the reality is that it can't be further from the truth, um, and for several reasons. Now, first of all, there is no shortage of free content already out there. Um, you know, so why would someone even bother looking at your content? What have you got to say that's different to everyone else, right? Um, so, so producing that good quality content is really, really, really important. Um, now, secondly, um, producing good quality content takes serious amount of time and effort, um, and therefore money. You know, um, so you've got to ask yourself, is inbound marketing really free? Is, you know, you writing a blog, is that free form of advertising? Um, potentially not. Um, and for this reason. So, you know, let's assume that you do have the resource and you have the time to be able to produce this good quality content. 
you've got to find a way to distribute that. You just having it on your website doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to see it and, and engage with it. Um, so you've got to spend time nurturing and building and nurturing a distribution channel or, or more than one distribution channels um, organically, if you want to do this, obviously, for free. Um, and like I say, you know, with regards to inbound marketing, there is no such thing as free. A lot of people think that's free, but it's not. It just takes more time and effort and you don't see results straight away. I would say trip typically three to six months is when you start to have some gravitas in your industry where you start to have some shared voice. Um, and that's three to six months of producing really, really good quality content consistently. Um, and then sales and leads come after that, right? So you've got to wait six months before you, you get anywhere with, with regards to bringing in um, sales and leads into the business. Um, so you've got to ask yourself, you know, what's, what's right for my business? Um, you could probably break it down into two approaches, right? So as a business, if you are able to dedicate time and resource to producing high quality content consistently over a long period of time uh, and work on building and nurturing the distribution network, then inbound marketing is the way to go for you, right? So it's not costing you money in terms of real cash there and then, but you absolutely have to spend the time and dedicate resource to it on a consistent basis. And you've got to carry on doing it for months, if not years, to be able to reap the benefits. On the other hand, however, you know, if you want to see results faster um, and are able to, to buy you know, relevant traffic, so you have the budget to be able to do that, then advertising on Google and Facebook is, is fantastic and that, you know, outbound marketing is the way for you, for, for you to go. Um, now, I was saying earlier that if you were able to, to work on it together, it's great. Now, why would you work on it, you know, both inbound and marketing to, outbound marketing together? Um, the way, well, what it does for you, effectively is that it can be really, really powerful in terms of having that share of voice in your industry, right? So you've got your organic channels covered, so you're definitely establishing yourself as thought leader. However, when there is a need that is more kind of real and, and, and in the moment, and what I mean by that is if people are searching for your products or services on Google at that moment in time, then you're there too, right? So you're covering both angles. People that are in research phase, you're targeting them through really good pieces of content, uh, and when they're more ready to purchase, you're there again through your um, Google search advertising or through Facebook advertising. So would it be fair to say that the the inbound marketing is is perhaps more biased towards building your brand credentials um, from a, a potential or an existing user's point of view and that the outbound marketing is more of a, a call to action. This is kind of like effectively the sales effort at the end of the, the broader brand marketing piece. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, totally, you, you, you've, you've hit the nail on his head there. You are looking with, uh, with outbound marketing, you know, you are saying to people, look, you know, you have an active need for something, we have a solution for you. Whereas inbound, it's a much more long-term strategy in terms of establishing your brand as a thought leader. Um, and that, you know, believe it or not, takes a long period of time and it's consistent effort. And it's often underestimated how long and how much effort really is required to get all of that right. So, Rama, just thinking about inbound marketing, um, I mean, if it's a fairly small enterprise, could be a sole trader or just a, a group of two or three people in a particular line of, of uh, business, um, does that make the, the kind of brand building around inbound marketing prohibitive to achieve? Um, not necessarily, no. Um, so what you've got to realise with inbound marketing is the fact that you have to be able to dedicate um, resources and time on a consistent basis 
um, for potentially a long period of time uh, to be able to see any results. Um, so as a business, if you're able to dedicate that time and effort in creating that content, uh, and good quality content that is, then you're absolutely fine within that marketing. However, if you're looking for sales and leads quickly, um, then outbound marketing would probably be more suitable for you as a business. Now, going back to the question that you're asking with regards to kind of smaller businesses where perhaps they, you know, they may not have a lot of resource and, and this may well be a sole trader doing the business themselves. Um, you know, you, you may well be an expert in, in what you do. Um, and there's no doubt, chances are that, the, that you absolutely are. You, you should never underestimate the effort it takes to create the content and whether that's a blog post, a podcast, for example, or an ebook, etc. All of that will be taking a lot of effort to produce. Um, and you just don't do it once and forget about it. You've got to carry on doing it. Um, so I think the key really is, is to be able to say to yourself, okay, have I got six months before I actually see the leads coming through and can I only get six months to um, you know, producing the high quality content or do I want to see results quickly? Mm. So it, it perhaps ends up being a balance between the two uh, in that, um, you know, as one starts to build the basics that anybody who finds us through inbound marketing wants to know, um, it's about continuously evolving that almost as kind of a, a routine activity that you do. Uh, but actually the call to action is something that is campaignable in the sense that, you know, um, this quarter I want to focus on, I don't know, size 10 shoes in black, uh, uh, and out goes something through outbound marketing to, uh, to kind of drive that uh, immediate necessity. Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that, that's precisely it. So um, you've got to be able to, I mean, generally speaking, businesses would start with outbound marketing first, um, get those sales and leads coming through. And that just allows you the bandwidth um, and, and outflow to be able to start investing more into inbound marketing. Um, but again, you know, businesses deal with the, the situation quite differently. And, and most businesses, I'd say, would, would carry on doing outbound marketing for a number of years before they even start considering inbound marketing. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's it's your business priority, and that's what it boils down to. Whether or not you're able to dedicate that time and effort over a long period of time consistently is the question you've got to ask yourself. And the answer is yes, then absolutely, you know, go for inbound marketing. Otherwise, outbound marketing is the way to go. Okay, uh, so let's just uh, say for the sake of argument that, um, you know, I, I want to use digital marketing for what I perceive it to be able to deliver, which is sort of fast turnaround of results, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, clearly there's an awful lot of digital marketing going on out there in terms of send and receive. You know, I, I get lots of stuff bombarded towards me, both personally and professionally. Um, yeah. How do you go about making sure that as a business, you're targeting the right potential customer in the right way? Fantastic. So I mean, that's a great question. Um, digital marketing allows you to um, target your audience in, in two broad ways. Um, one is kind of more what I'd call top of the funnel activity. And that, what I mean by that is, is that you tend to reach a wider audience base uh, it's still very targeted, so you could still target based on um, demographic, you know, age and gender. Um, that's a bit applicable to your business, and you're able to also target on interest categories, for example, um, 
if someone's really interested in skiing, um, as an example, then, you know, chances are on Facebook, they may have liked certain ski pages, uh, certain ski businesses, and therefore you start to build a profile for this user, or Facebook starts to build a profile for this user, uh, where they say, okay, you know, this person is initially interested in skiing, right? So you're able to target people on either what they're searching on Google, uh, or their interests on social media channels. Um, and from there, you're able to ensure that you are only really targeting the right people for your audience, right? And also, not just, yeah, this is the right audience for me, but also exactly where they are in their kind of decision-making cycle. Um, so whether they're more in research phase, then you're probably doing more top-of-the-funnel activity through social media, and you are more passively advertising to them and saying, hey, you, we know you're interested in skiing. Uh, you know, here's a great product for you versus more bottom of the funnel activity, which is all about you know, Google advertising, for example, where they already have expressed an active need to them. They may well be going on Google and skiing, you know, looking for ski packages. Um, and you are then able to target them right there and then when they have an active need, you say, right, okay, you are looking for X. That's exactly what I provide. Um, and therefore you match that and you basically make sure that you win that sale through that channel. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, in, from a targeting point of view, it's, it's very sophisticated from a digital point of view. And also it allows you to see a, what creatives are working. So, you know, what ads are resonating well, what ads aren't, uh, and then you're able to fine tune your campaigns to get the biggest bang for your buck. So, uh, exactly. I mean, it, it feels very much like going through, um, the process you would anyway, um, uh, to doing traditional marketing in a sense of, of mm -hmm. defining your proposition, understanding who your, your, your primary and secondary audiences are, uh, all about them and therefore how you're going to reach them. So in a digital marketing context, are there any particular tools or tips, um, that are available to everybody that just make sure that, you know, when you are trying to target a particular uh, customer, um, you do so effectively and that you can therefore see the results coming back in a way that's meaningful? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are a number of tools that are available to, to digital marketers and also the wider kind of business um, public where you have um, tools such as Google Trends, for example, which is a, a fantastic tool. Um, what it allows you to do is be able to see demand for a particular product service in a form of a keyword, right? So just going back to that skiing holiday analogy, if you wanted to see, okay, what's the, the demand for skiing holidays over a long period of time, you're able to do that um, or look that up on Google Trends. Um, very, very powerful tool um, to understand demand. Um, the next tool I would say, which is quite, quite useful, um, is very similar to Google Trends. Uh, it's called Google Ads Keyword Planner. Um, again, a free tool. And you're just able to plug in a few keywords and actually it will find you other relevant keywords related to the keyword that you've actually put in. Um, and it just churns out the actual search volume. So it will tell you, okay, for keyword X, you know, on average, um, 10,000 people are searching for this a month. This is what the trend looks like over a 12 month period. You know, whether they're searching on mobile devices, desktops, et cetera, all of that information is available to you through this free tool. Um, Thirdly, I'd recommend a tool uh, with Facebook. So it's called Facebook Audience Insights. Um, and again, a great tool, um, allows you to really understand your customer profile. So um, just sticking with that skiing analogy, if I was to go onto this tool and say, okay, I'll find the people that are interested in skiing, it will actually break down the demographic for me. So it will tell me, okay, people that are generally interested in skiing are 
you know, within this age range or this gender, you know, these are the kind of things that they're interested in. So again, you know, in terms of brand affinity, uh, it might say that um, they're interested in Oakley um, um, or a certain ski, um, ski resort, uh, that kind of thing. So again, you start to, to build a picture of, of what your customer looks like, you know, how old they are, what gender they are, what sorts of things they're interested in. Um, the next example is more a B2B example. And I think LinkedIn ads uh, is, is a great tool uh, that you can use to be able to figure out who is in your target audience. So what you're able to do is filter by things like industry and job titles, and it will churn out a number and say, okay, you know, based on what you tell us, we think we'll be able to target, you know, 100,000 people in London, um, as an example, that match that criteria. So again, in terms of sizing up the market and the opportunity available to businesses, all of these tools that I've just mentioned now are free, right? You, you may just have to create an account with Google or Facebook or LinkedIn, um, and you just be able to log in and be able to see a what's happening from a demand perspective and b what your customer profiles look like. Um, and then, I mean, these are the sort of tools that agencies would use to be able to figure out what the right target audience might be for a business. And then beyond that, it's a case of you know making sure that your messages are right, your strategies are right, and then um, optimization and refinement. So it, it kind of sounds to me that anybody who's uh, in any way uh, digital savvy could actually do an awful lot of this legwork themselves uh, and therefore you know know exactly who they're shooting at and and how to shoot at them um, does there a is there a sort of a specialism to this that um, you need to recruit for in the business or, or can you learn it in that way um, look you, you absolutely can learn it um, and the, the only thing you've got to figure out is, is obviously this is just part of the puzzle and what i mean by that is establishing the right target audience is just one element of the overall marketing strategy what you've got to be able to then do is say okay you know i've identified or at least i think this is what my target audience looks like i think these are the channels that these guys are going to be on um, and then you've got to start looking at creative ideation and, and what i mean by that is exactly how you're going to position yourself um, what's your from an execution point of view, what your creative is going to look like and how you're going to talk to these people and what tone of voice. Um, and once you figure that out, the next part of the puzzle really is all about data, right? And digital marketing is great at that. It gives you a plethora of information around you know, impressions, clicks, um, whether or not people are engaging with your videos, if, you, if you're running video ads on, on, on social media, you know, what percentage of videos being watched. Um, so there are all of that different data points that are available to you. And then you've got to be able to optimize that learn from it, reiterate, and then test again. So, so it's just that perpetual circle of learning and, and, and testing and, you know, just implementing what you've learned again. Um, that is what's key to ensuring that you carry on consistently making the most of every pound that you spend on advertising, you're getting the most, you know, clicks back, engagement back, or conversions back, whatever the goals are for you as a business. Um, that's kind of the way to go about it. Mm. I mean, that that sort of takes me to my next sort of slight point of bewilderment, really. Um, and that is, you know, what does good look like when it comes to uh, digital marketing? You know, people talk about click throughs and, and back in the day uh, with TV advertising and things like that, I used to use cost per thousand uh, in terms of, you know, how much did it cost per, to reach um, a thousand of my target audience um, and in that context are there equivalent measures that give you this sense of what good looks like in, in digital marketing 
Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so some of those measures that you, you just alluded to that they absolutely are available on in digital as well. So you, you do have metrics such as click through rate. So how many clicks you're getting per 100 impressions that you're serving to, to your target audience. Um, you also have CPM, your cost per thousand impressions. Um, so all of those metrics are available. Now, what good looks like can really only be answered by benchmarks that you create for yourself. So it's, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's a case of perpetual testing and learning uh, process. So you, you start with a certain hypotheses and, and certain assumptions, and then you, you test them out and actually establish for yourself what goods looks like for you as a business, right? Generally speaking, you, the way I work with my clients is we would, we would work backwards. So we'd say, okay, you know, what is the, the cost per lead that you're looking to achieve or a cost per sale that you're looking to achieve? And then we say, okay, well, you know, let's work backwards and see how many clicks we're going to need to, to get there for you. Typically speaking, a conversion rate of a website might be 1%, right? So to get one lead, we need 100 clicks at the very minimum. Um, and, you know, those are the, the, the sorts of ways we, we try and establish, you know, this is what we think we should be able to achieve based on a cost per click of X or cost per thousand impressions of Y. Um, and we build this model effectively of, what we think we should be able to achieve. And then once you've created that benchmark and that really literally comes out of nothing, um, then you start to collect that data and then you actually start to see the reality of what you're actually gonna be able to achieve. Um, and then, like I was saying, you know, from testing and learning from all of your efforts, you're able to fine tune and ensure that you're reducing your costs and you're increasing your, uh, your conversions in the form of leads and sales. Now that that makes perfect logical sense, doesn't it? I, I suppose in a way it's um, it's keeping uh, the business yourself focused on what it is that you you need to achieve, and so therefore you need to understand how you might go about that through whatever other means. Setting yourself a set of targets and objectives through your digital media and your marketing, and actually judging your performance against that. And it, it's I suppose it's just a reiterative process, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that is that is the key because um, once you establish a, set, a certain benchmark, um, you should always be striving to to beat that and actually do better. Um, and um, and sometimes you will find that you you are hitting a bit of a plateau uh, in terms of you know things are flattening out and you really are not seeing um, you know any options to kind of get better performance or expect better performance out of a particular channel or a particular campaign. And that's absolutely okay. Um, because what you got to do is you, you you learn from that and you almost always want to um, kind of leave maybe 20% of your budget available for experimenting. Um, and by doing that, you're able to open up new avenues and new channels that perhaps you, you know, it may well have been too late by the time you, you figured out that actually your, your campaigns are not performing um, at all. Um, and by having that 20% of budget ring fence for experimentation, um, you're able to then have those new avenues ready to test out and actually, you know, put more money into if they if they're showing good signs, um, and then mm. you know, they're promising. So I can see very readily how, um, you know, if you were going to start up just to embark upon digital marketing, whether you're small or large, it requires quite a bit of thought and. Uh, ideally, the uses uh, the services of a, of, a, of a specialist to help you get started in the right way. So let's assume that um, there are businesses that are set up large or small already doing this. Mm -hmm. um, 
what are the common pitfalls that you see therefore with people that with organizations that seem to be doing the right thing but in reality either aren't getting the results or or it's just not delivering in the way that they expected it to yeah sure so i think um the best advice that i'd give to to people um is always look for second opinions you know if you if you're working with um, you know either you're working on this internally yourself or um, you're working with another agency um, you know always reach out to to other agencies and say hey you know would you would you consider doing an audit on my campaigns and actually telling me whether or not they're, they're running okay and um, you know believe it or not most agencies would, would absolutely love to do that for you and, and do it for free um, so you're able to get that second opinion um, on your current campaigns and if there are any kind of uh, gaps in your uh, strategy or in the way that the campaigns are performing or in the way they've been managed um, you would absolutely get other agencies coming in and actually telling you what's wrong. So I think that's where people that are already doing digital marketing, especially the outbound marketing side, um, there absolutely are specialists that be able to to help. Um, and you know, even so, on the the inbound marketing is exactly the same. So you know, you could have you know, copywriters looking at your content and saying, "Hey, would you mind critiquing this this uh, this copy for me or the content that I'm producing?" You could, you know, if if it's more Kind of graphics heavy you could get graphic designers critique, critiquing your work so always be looking for that feedback from external sources that are independent um and yes obviously they may well want to kind of do business with you and but but that's okay because ultimately you know generally speaking there are no strings attached so you know an agency agency would come in and they'll do a free audit on your account and you know nine out of ten times you'll learn something new um and, and they'll be able to identify gaps uh, in your current strategies that sounds fantastic advice. And and would that sort of extend to looking at how your digital marketing actually sits with the rest of your marketing? Because uh, I'm sometimes, as I said earlier, sort of staggered by the fact that what goes on in one uh, area of marketing and, and particularly with collateral just isn't uh, reflected accurately or, or uh, whatever in terms of digital or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, so so first and foremost, I'd say as a business, then that you know, if you, you, you know, whoever's in charge of making sure that you know of your marketing internally, you know, they're not doing a great job if if things aren't um, you know consistent across the piece. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, from a customer's perspective, you know, you want to ensure that your customers see you as one brand. You know, so delivering consistent messaging and experiences um, help ensure that your brand awareness and uh, recognition is being multiplied. By your online and offline presence uh, rather than being in conflict so it's really really key that you hit that consistent tone and customers are experiencing sort of similar level of service and similar messages uh, when they're when they're dealing with, with with yourself or with your business online and offline so that's that's really really important mm. yeah and i i think um it's also you know um not necessarily heeding the siren call of of the latest innovation that a business thinks i must have i go back to for example when um there was a a, a big debate ongoing within a lot of businesses a few years ago you know we must have our own app and right. uh, a lot of businesses went away and did it and uh, it was a disjointed uh, add-on to their existing activity that actually didn't help um, I mean, I, I can remember as a frequent flyer many, many years ago that um, uh, when um, uh, my favorite airline at the time, uh, British Airways, actually brought out their own app, um, I was delighted in that it did exactly what it said on the tin. It enabled me to um, look at my flight details, download a boarding pass and 
uh, like other unlike other mediums where it was kind of like sat in the web um, out there in the ether uh, when I needed to use it it was there it worked it scanned okay it was just that end user experience which dovetailed very neatly with everything else that I'd come to expect from that particular airline whereas there are other things that I've tried and I'm sure we've all got them um, apps sitting on our phone that we thought yeah that's brilliant sometimes they're free and other times we've paid for them but in reality they don't work and it, it, it kind of all it feels to me like somebody's not keeping a weather eye across the whole piece. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So, so I guess um, you know the the biggest buzzword right now in the industry is uh, artificial intelligence um, or AI, and uh, you know a lot of people are talking about building chatbots, um, you know, kind of machine learning, artificial intelligence-led chatbots. And, and again, you know, as a business, if you are considering that, you've got to ask yourself, what's the use case? Um, and also take a, a cautious approach in terms of, you know, building that new channel because A, you're going to spend a lot of money, an awful lot of uh, kind of resource um, and, and time to, to, to build that. Um, at the same time, the risk that you run is, is that if it doesn't satisfy a need or meet customer expectations, you, you, you know, you, you are running a risk of actually having really bad reviews of bad customer experience and you're just putting people off. Um, so to don't create the expectation that you're going to deliver something as a business and then you know letting it fall flat um, so it's just you know like I said the, the advice that I'd give to people is you know carry on doing what you do really really well before you venture into to other areas and, and make sure that if you are going to venture into, into new channels and, and, and get those new toys that a they have a very solid use case and there's a very clear value proposition for your customers uh, and b you're able to to meet customer expectations um, there's no mm. point having AI-led chatbot uh, you know out five years later than everyone else and it's it doesn't work um so if you are a business who's you know prides itself at being innovative and you 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 like to you know it's within your strategy to to be able to have these new you know you, gadgets if you like um that you want to make available to your customers just make sure that you execute really really well yeah yeah so i mean uh it, there's a fascinating amount of information there. And I think that the, the wonderful thing about it is it does seem very commonsensical to me. Um, so uh, in terms of sort of pulling this all together, um, if we think fundamentally about inbound and outbound marketing as sort of the two important chunks that sort of sit underneath whatever it is that you're going to be doing in terms of your digital marketing, is there a top tip that you would give, um, say, a small or medium-sized business that's embarking um, on uh, digital marketing about inbound marketing and outbound marketing, respectively, that they should really think about first. Yeah, absolutely. So, so as far as inbound marketing is concerned, um, just make sure that you kind of really take stock of whether or not internally you have the resource and, more importantly, the appetite to consistently produce good quality content for a number of months, uh, if not years, um, before you embark on inbound marketing. Um, so that's really, really key. Um, as far as outbound marketing is concerned, uh, the top tip there will be just make sure that you get expert help. Um, it's you know, there are lots of tools available out there to understand what your target audience might look like. Um, you know, um, you can also get some help around what the creative should, should look like, or you may want to have a go at, go at that yourself. Um, but there is real advantage in getting an expert involved who would just going to, it's just going to get there, get you there quicker. And it's just going to ensure that you are not wasting as much money um, 
as you potentially could if you kind of embark on that by yourself. Um, definitely, definitely get expert help. Um, and uh, and yeah, even if you end up, end up doing it yourself, it's always good to get those opinions from you know different agencies to try and figure out kind of what's the the right way for you to go for your business. If you know if you're speaking to five different agencies and they're all kind of saying the same thing, um, then great. You know uh, you you know that your trajectory that you uh, are looking at is probably right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely true. I think that's that's spot on. The the whole idea about effectiveness audits that you can get ex uh, third parties to come in and do fantastic. So look, Raman, th th this has been extremely useful um, in in helping sort of navigate the uh, the pitfalls and also the uh, the fantastic rewards that can come through effective digital marketing. Um, if people want to get hold of you. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you and, and Candidly and what you do? Would you like to just give us your contact details? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the uh, best way to, to reach me would be through my uh, email address, um, raman.verma at candidly.co.uk. I'm sure that will be in the show notes uh, for, you, for your listeners to, uh, to, to look at. Um, and yeah, you can just generally check me out on uh, www.candidly.co.uk um, or you can also visit me on my LinkedIn profile as well. And as I understand it, that's Candidly with a K. That's correct, yeah, Candidly with a K. Yeah, yeah okay, super. And, and I understand you've, you've got a really good blog um, that, uh, that sort of helps explain a lot of the, um, the pitfalls and the, and the ways through the maze of digital marketing for those that um, are unaware or, or, or a bit unsure about how to tackle it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if, if anyone wants to, to kind of learn more about inbound and outbound marketing and, and kind of how to go about picking or choosing between these two, um, I yeah, definitely recommend that you guys check out my blog on uh, candidly.co.uk. Um, the blog's titled A Complete Marketing Guide for SMBs. Fantastic. Look, it's been really, really interesting. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your wisdom on that subject and doing it in a way that absolutely makes sense, I think. So uh, I hope our listeners have enjoyed it as much as uh, I have. And uh, I'd like to thank you and thank our listeners. We will see you next time. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, it's a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Cheers for now. So my thanks again to Andy Ball and Raman Verma for today's episode. It's so interesting, isn't it, how often themes keep emerging amongst these episodes and the importance of understanding your why again. That was one of the things the guys discussed at the beginning there and being clear about what it is you're trying to achieve before you launch any kind of digital marketing strategy or indeed any marketing strategy. I thought the point Raman made about inbound marketing and the time that you need to invest, whether that's blog posts, whether that's um, recording podcasts or uh, webcasts, whatever it may be, things that you are trying to do uh, to establish your organization, uh, establish your own leadership yeah, insights and credibility, etc. It takes time and whilst it may seem free, or in many cases it is, of course time has a currency in itself so it's very rarely actually free. I thought uh, very useful there, Roman's recommended tools that you can use in social media, very, very helpful. And I thought the comments near the end about what good looks like, some of the measurements that typically are used in social media, marketing and digital marketing are very helpful. But that point that he made about you're having your own benchmarks and understanding the ability to try, learn and to redefine your activities, try something new if it's not working, uh, good point. And I think one of the benefits of digital marketing is the ability to be 
that fleet of foot to try new things, drop them if they're not working, and try something else. As uh, they said on the episode, you will find details of Roman and Candidly in the show notes, plus a really good blog link to his website about uh, digital marketing strategies for SMBs. Uh, That link is in the show notes as well. Look forward to uh, hearing and speaking from uh, with more experts in the coming weeks. Thanks again, of course, as ever, to our producer, Sam Walsh, for today's episode. Speak to you soon and take care.